Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Communication Means Talking Together. This is Arch. This week, folks, I thought we'd talk about something that is definitely on everyone's mind, which is the constant challenge of getting a job in an economy that is waxing and waning, that seems positive and moving uh, to better times uh, on the one hand, and at other times it feels like uh, it's not quite as stable or as prosperous as it would we'd like it to be. And so there's, there's sort of a, a mixed interpretation of a lot of the tea leaves, if you will, of the economy. And at the same time, you know, people, we, we're always looking for that next opportunity, be it within our company, and it's a promotion that we're looking for, or externally. And I remember having this very interesting conversation with someone. Um, I mentioned, have you considered doing not a vertical, but a diagonal uh, promotion for yourself? And this, this client had not heard of the term before. And uh, I don't, some folks in the audience may have heard of it, some may not. Um, it's not something that's done typically, and it's definitely not something that a lot of people can do. But if you have a interesting set of skills, and we're diving right into it here, but it's worth it's worth a quick chat about diagonal movement as opposed to vertical movement. If vertical movement, let's let's start with the standard one. Vertical movement would be, let's say, you're a manager, you apply to be a senior manager. Let's and of the same organization. Diagonal movement would be you are moving right and to the up, or left and to the up, which means you might be part of a different team and yet have more seniority, possibly better compensation. For example, you might, as uh, someone I used to work with, you may have been part of a marketing organization and you moved diagonally, you got promotion, but also you moved to a different team, let's say in a related organization such as business, right? Or uh, another person I've, I've worked with uh, moved from a more tax-based team to a more finance or accounting-based team. And those to the outside, that might sound the same, but it's, it's definitely different enough in a large organization that you're working with a whole different group of people. And that's the point, is it's not just that you're getting promoted within your team, it's that you're getting more responsibility, possibly better work, possibly uh, more, more compensation, but with a different group of people. And so um, that was definitely something that uh, I had a great conversation about with someone as an option. Not everybody can take advantage of it, but it's very much there. But that's again getting into a rabbit hole where I think we were trying to talk this, this, this episode was thinking about one's future. It's funny, I was happening, having this conversation with uh, a few colleagues just recently and the conversation was around helping people think through their future. And that was in a very abstract and broad way. But I pulled into the conversation, I pulled in uh, some materials I use for my MBA classes and uh, for clients as well, that help people think visually and hypothetically about their future. Where do they think they're going? So let's say you're at A, you want to go to point B. There's obviously some things that need to be done to get you from point A to point B. What are they? And which of those are you either 
uh, in the process of completed or have completed and which of those uh, are we behind on and through this process you get a, a an almost action plan checklist going where you have the possibility of developing yourself tapping into resources relying on people like an executive coach a mentor within your organization uh, networking and of course dusting off that old resume which you haven't looked at in maybe a couple of years three years and uh, freshening it up it might just be a few lines here and there it might just be the objective t- uh, you know line uh, towards the top it might just be you change the font um, but small changes can go quite a long way because they help frame the narrative that your that your resume as one reads it top to bottom um, a few lines added and removed a few paragraphs moved uh, from one location to another can really change how people look at your resume and i guess i'm kind of going all over the place here but uh, a lot of folks have been talking about interviews and then that next step and so I'm, I'm drawing on a lot of recent conversations um, that I think might help anyone who's listening. So, so far we've talked about, you know, thinking outside the box when you're thinking about where to go. Obviously, some people want to think, I want to stay within my company and some people want to go outside their company. So we'll talk about that second piece in just a minute. And then just for recap, we were talking about dusting off the resume and giving it a little bit of a fresh touch. You, you know, things can happen uh, in the 12, 24 months that, that you know, it, you may not have touched your CV or resume. And uh, it, 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 it behooves you when you're getting ready to go apply for a new position to uh, put in that time. But it's not just to think about the resume as a piece of paper or these days a file, a, del- a digital file. It's, it's, it's a chance for you to see, is this, is this file, is this piece of paper the best representation of me and my story? Not just a summary of achievements, if you will, but a representation of me, a, a sort of symbol or a narrative or a snapshot of whom I am and not just what I've accomplished. It is true, of course, that it's not who you are underneath, but what you do that defines you. Quick movie reference in there if you if you want to catch it. But the point is still that, that how you tell your story is ultimately how you frame your candidacy for a role, be it within the company or outside. So let's get into that. The other piece we talked a little bit about, you know, what you can do within your company. Um, I wanted to add one more piece to that before we go to how, you know, how you can think about going outside the company as well. Within your company, um, people sort of, especially if they're younger, if they've not been in the company very long, they're kind of, you know, overwhelmed, um, especially for companies like 10, 20,000 employees, you're spread over the world, you don't know that many people, maybe you just know five or 10 people that you work with, and even that, you don't know them too well. So what can we do? Uh, the first thing we definitely want to do is, well, maybe maybe talk to more people than than is necessary and than is absolutely necessary. Um, make acquaintances, uh, connect with a lot of people on platforms like LinkedIn. Um, your own your own colleagues, you know, that's who we're talking about. Not 
not strangers, but your colleagues. Uh, if there's a company event, like a friend of mine, uh, their company had a company picnic, a real in-person, not on Zoom, company picnic. And family and friends were invited and people went. And I think that's a wonderful thing. It's a chance for people to, you know, reconnect on a human level that uh, I think somewhere the digital screen um, does prevent us or, or hold us back from doing as as in a real manner as possible. And there's a whole episode we could have perhaps in the future about how there is the personal connection you make in person, which is almost in a memory. Uh, you, 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 when you reconnect the person that you've met in person over Zoom, you're relying on that personal meeting to make the Zoom meeting uh, more authentic than if it was just meeting that person for the first time via Zoom. So um, some thoughts there. But um, what I guess we're trying to say here, folks, is it's, it's the power of telling your own story, the power of reaching out to people within your own company and thinking of thinking outside the box, whether it is uh, wanting to move up within your own team, or if there's less room for advancement, thinking diagonally. Um, and yes, you know, here's the funny thing. I remember there was a person who said, you know what, Arjun, I can't move up, I can't move diagonal. There's possibilities, but nothing for the next, you know, 15, 18 months. So we tried a different approach. And what we did was, and as, as I would say to this person, okay, I get it. So we can't apply for advancement yet, neither vertically nor diagonally. What if, what if we looked around at some big projects, cross-company, cross-functional projects that are happening? And what if you put your name in and became the, the lead on one of those? And, and, and the client did hesitate. And I understand why, because it was a big investment with no guarantee of payoff. And I, and I was very clear about that. But wouldn't you know it, the client did that. And people took notice. Because initiative, especially initiative where there's no promised guaranteed payoff, has a very high value to companies that matter. Now, there's obviously companies out there that are not great, not wonderful to work for. They are what they are. But the kind of companies that we should all want to work for, they, they have a lot of people always looking for somebody that goes the extra mile. And this is how you do it. And that was a fantastic example. So I guess, what's the lesson? What's the lesson from that, from that quick little side story? Is, be it the diagonal thing, be it the project thing, be it, you know, dusting off your resume. And we'll talk in just a second about applying to outside companies because I don't want to forget that subtopic. But the essence of the side story that we just did with, you know, putting your, your name on a project and just giving it a go is initiative and personal effort and investment and sacrifice. It is a fantastic way. It's a no-lose situation because at the least, even if no one recognizes you, 
and it doesn't give you the promotion and it doesn't give you the fame and limelight that you want, you will have overcome a great fear of taking on that additional responsibility and taking on a risk. And you can have that story, that experience to tell forever. But here's the beauty. Almost, almost for sure, there's going to be somebody, maybe somebody who's a stakeholder on the team, maybe an external customer, could be anyone. Most industries are fairly small and people have long memories for for uh, specific, difficult, meticulous projects that are done successfully because of one or two people really going the extra mile. And I see it all the time because especially in Silicon Valley or places like it, there is this, this dearth of real specialists in very particular kind of projects. And so if you can attach yourself to a super specialty, it can, it can be its own calling card for a lifetime. And we'll leave that subtopic at that. Last, let's talk a little bit about putting yourself out there. Let's say you're not happy at your current place of work. That happens. Or you're happy, but you've just hit as far as you'll go. Or you just really need that bump in pay because, you know, life is changing. You're buying a house. You've got a family. There's there's all different kind of good reasons why even with the happiest uh, company and, you know, with potential two, three years down the line of advancement, you just can't wait. So you got to go out there. So in this economy, in this world, the, the times we live in, what are one or two pieces of advice for such a person? Here's what I would say. I would say the number one thing you can do when reaching out to new companies is carry your story forward and show them how they fit in your story and vice versa. How do you fit in their story and how do they fit in yours? What do I mean? There's, there's ways in which companies see themselves and companies and, and you know, the C-suite or the VPs of that company, once they all start talking, right? It's like they've got this mental picture, this huge jigsaw puzzle for all the people that work for them. And they're trying to complete the picture. Okay. And they see these gaps where these missing pieces are. They really hoping they can find someone who's just the right, you know, piece of that picture, not just the right shape to fit in. And it's all one big, uh, gray, you know, image, but rather a multicolored, fascinating portrait of some kind right? And you've got to be able to, first of all, do your homework, talk to people, go through your network and really see like, how do these people see themselves? It could be the smallest thing, but when people are judging for fit in interviews, the way we use language makes a world of a difference. So for instance, um, it could be, uh, you could be talking to someone in, in government, okay, or in manufacturing, and they might still use terms like, uh, rank and file, 
right? Which is a very common old 1980s, 1970s management term, right? There was management and then there was the rank and file. But I'm actually seeing this and actually people, when I, you know, at, at a different time when I had used that term, not thinking anything of it, um, some people were quite perturbed by it. And they said that's a very uh, othering term. It's a term that doesn't belong in today's, you know, workplace, etc. And, and that was a very important uh, under, understanding I, I came to. So, but what my point is that you, you, you use the words, you use the, the persona, right, of that company, you should be a drop in their ocean. And once you get in the ocean, it's like you fit in right there. Words matter, right? And also what matters is sometimes these companies will want you to be able to talk abstract in other companies, very different companies, like a hard, uh, you know, software engineering company or, or even electrical or mechanical engineering company. They want no fluff, as they will say, no fluff. They want everything just boiled down to the basics. They want to know what degree do you have? What problems can you solve and how will you help them make more money? And for those people, that is more important. And you have to front end all of that. Otherwise, they, they think you're not worth their while. So it behooves us to figure out who's out there. What kind of person am I? Am I this brass tacks, so-called no fluff person? Or am I the person that sees that as part of a story and you know, uh, part of my story and part of a company story. And we're trying to find people who click, right? And for us, it's a people centric company, not a money centric company per se, even though all companies need to make money to survive. The point being, when you go out there, obviously we want a company that's got an office that's close by and good pay and good benefits. And of course you want to sort for that. But when you actually start talking to them, They've got to feel like you belong. And we'll leave it at that. So this was a pleasure, folks. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. As always, if you like what we what we put together here, uh, do like and share and subscribe. It always helps us. Um, say hello, culturespeak.com, and have a wonderful rest of your day.